Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? The deep dive preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground for week number six is brought to you by Bet Online. The wait is finally over. A doubleheader of fun is upon us this week. Of course, we've got all kinds of football action. No Thursday night game this week, thanks to uh, COVID pushing the Bills. Supposed to be the Bills and Chiefs tonight. That got pushed all the way to Monday night, I believe, uh, for next week. But uh, football is in full effect, college and pros. The NBA Finals are closed. Uh, LeBron and the Lakers closed it out the other day. But the MLB playoffs are in full swing. The league championship series getting down to the nitty-gritty. But you might not be able to make it out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now I have some good news and I have some bad news in relation to our conversation with Carolina Panthers wide receiver coach Frisman Jackson. The good news is Frisman did get the okay to uh, come on the show and uh, do the interview uh, with me. The bad news, unfortunately, is uh, we couldn't uh, settle on a time. Uh, Nothing kind of worked with our uh, schedules. When I was, you know, with me working from home, uh, the times during the day when I could have been pulled away to talk to Frisman for a bit, he was busy and vice versa. So we just couldn't get our our schedules uh, lined up. So maybe we'll be able to get Frisman on the show during the offseason, maybe have a deeper conversation uh, with him than maybe the 15 or 20 minutes I was planning on spending with him uh, today. So we were able to get it done as far as uh, getting the okay and uh, – Frisman did have the green light to come and talk to us, but unfortunately, schedule-wise, we couldn't work it out. So it's just me, guys. Sorry. Uh, we're going to go ahead and do the uh, the deep dive uh, preview, and we have our news and notes and injury reports and all that kind of stuff. So let's go ahead and get started. It's the Week 6 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground, so let's get to it. Week number six has our beloved headed down to Charlotte to take on the Carolina Panthers, who are resurging. You know, had an 0-2 start, have won three straight, including uh, an impressive win over the Arizona Cardinals two weeks ago, and uh, looking to make it four in a row at the uh, at the expense of our beloved Chicago Bears. What's going on, everybody? Larity back to week six preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Uh, this is our deep dive show, and like I said, unfortunately, 
Uh, Frisman Jackson won't be joining us. Um, he did get the green light uh, from the powers that be, uh, but we weren't able to settle on a time to uh, to uh, to get on. Like basically, when when I had my soft parts uh, of the day, Frisman was in practice or in meetings, uh, and vice versa for me. The times that um, that he was available were like my busiest times of day uh, at work. So it was just uh, unfortunately it wasn't going to work out. And the evenings, that's, um, you know, that's where, you know, the coaches get together. That's the family time and all that kind of stuff. So it was either going to happen during the day or wasn't going to happen at all. And unfortunately, in this case, it didn't happen. So hopefully we can get them on uh, maybe during the off season or something like that to have a, uh, a deeper conversation uh, with him and uh, kind of, you know, dig into his career and, and all that kind of stuff. We're going to kind of basically a, a long-form version of the conversation I was planning on having with him uh, today, but uh, maybe some other time. But uh, anyway, week number six, and like I said, this is a very interesting game, uh, actually. The Panthers um, were looked upon as a team that I guess, and as you guys heard Rashad uh, from the Panther Nation podcast yesterday, my guest on the show saying, um, you know, he had a very guarded optimism about what could be. You know, no Cam Newton, no Greg Olson, Ron Rivera is gone, and, you know, here comes a college coach. Not very many successful college coaches make that transition uh, into the NFL, bringing in Teddy Bridgewater to be his quarterback. You know, got a lot of draft picks coming in young, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, kind of underexperienced guys. And, you know, he you heard him say he was thinking, okay, four wins, you know, maybe five, uh, you know, growing pains for the first year of a of a new regime, but uh, and that's basically how they look. The first two weeks had a decent battle, week one with the Raiders, but lost that game at home. Uh, week two, I think it was the Buccaneers that they played, uh, lost like thirty-one to fourteen, uh, and, and that kind of thing. So it just kind of looked like it was going to be one of those years where maybe they put up a valiant fight, but in the end uh, would come up short and. Uh, and then all of a sudden week three comes along they get a victory week four was the win over Arizona then last week uh, as you as you heard uh, Rashad say it was a big deal uh, getting that win over Atlanta they don't win much in Atlanta they don't beat the Falcons uh, very much you know so they took advantage of the situation that Atlanta is in and uh, you know came away with the uh, came away with the victory uh, against them to, to put them over 500 they are a three and two football team right now playing with a lot of confidence right now they are a bit banged up uh, as Rashad was telling us don't know who's going to be healthy enough to play uh, on Sunday and how that will uh, hinder hamper you know what they're going to try to do against the Bears on Sunday but you know this is a team that's on a three-game winning streak and and looking to add to that total and the Bears are kind of the perfect team for this uh, kind of situation um, you know, we, we can be very vulnerable at times, but also very streaky. I mean, we, we've seen that in and out all five games of the season this year. And, um, you know, we, we can string together some first downs and put together a drive and do something disastrous at the end of it and come up short, have to settle for a field goal or settle for nothing at all, you know, because we turn the ball over or, you know, something like that. Uh, and other times we can, you know, more times than not, actually. Uh, and this is that why why the prevailing thought on the Bears is that despite being 
four and one, we are pretenders. And uh, I keep waiting for that to be reflected in the power rankings, but we keep climbing up the power rank. I think we're up to 12 in the last one that I was looking at. So that's not pretender status. Uh, that's, you know, just outside the top 10. So, uh, you know, this is a game that I think we should win. I absolutely think that we should. But I can also acknowledge that no, it's, you know, it, it all kind of comes into the cliche of this is the NFL, so there's no such thing uh, as an easy win. This is the NFL, and that's why they play the games and uh, and blah, blah, blah. It's It has more so to do with the fact that you can't really trust this team. And by this team, I mean the Bears. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Um, they play well. Um, they're, they persevere. I mean, God help us. We've had, what, three come from behind victories out of the four wins. Uh, the fourth win was us hanging on uh, the to beat the Giants week number two uh, and everything. So, I mean, this is a team that is is comfortable playing from behind, apparently, because we do it a lot and, and have at, uh, up to this point. It'd be really nice to see them come into Carolina, put our foot down and kind of cruise to an easy, you know, 28 to 14 victory, 20 to, you know, it's 20 to 24 to, uh, you know, 13 uh, kind of thing where it's just. You know, Carolina's kind of battling, but in the end, the Bears are just the better team, and that's how this is going to work out. But, um, you know, the first three weeks of the season, we were the better team head and shoulders, and we struggled to put those three teams away. And within those three teams, I think Detroit's still the only one that's got a victory, you know, because uh, the Giants losing to Dallas made them 0-5. Uh, Dan Quinn lost his job when – when the Panthers beat them last week to go 0 and 5 and I think Detroit was on a bye this week so they're like 1 and 3 so it's like you know the first three opponents were a combined 1 and 13 and we should have had an easier time in all of those games than we did but uh you know we came away with the victories and did some pretty spectacular things in the fourth quarter against the Atlanta and Detroit but ultimately it was way harder uh, than it should have been their their records before and after those games reflect what we should have been able to do uh, against them but and then last week was the first uh, I think when I, we were talking to Jacob uh, Mummert for the prior to the Colts game was I just want an even game even if it's back and forth that was the even back and forth game that I was looking for but again we got behind early uh, we persevered we, we got some breaks to, to kind of go our way and uh, we took advantage of those uh, those breaks and were able to come away with the win uh, against uh, Brady and the Bucks. Our first win against Tom Brady uh, in his uh, career. So he was undefeated against the Bears before that happened. But um, going into this week, 
you know, I, I don't know what to expect. And there's also that extra added little caveat of the fact that, uh, you know, and it's something that's going to be talked about until Nagy breaks the curse. And right now the curse is mini buys or buys. Nagy is 0 for 4 at least, 0 for 4 uh, coming off of these uh, buy slash mini buys. You know, We're, we play pretty damn well on Thursday nights. I think Nagy is... Aside from like the um, aside from the uh, Thursday nighter against the Packers last year, um, Nagy's undefeated on Thursday night football. I don't think he's lost a game on Thursday night yet uh, as head coach of the uh, the Bears. So, but coming off of the mini buy the week after, you know, so I mean, like last year, I guess would be the exception to the rule. Would be the Losing to Green Bay week one, Thursday night, and then 10 days later, by the skin of our teeth, and thanks to a bad call by a referee, the Bears won their next game against the uh, Broncos. But there, there's something like a different like connotation to it. It was the kickoff game and you know all that kind of stuff. It doesn't really, for whatever reason or not, doesn't seem to really qualify as a Thursday night uh, affair. So, But it's like the traditional Thursday night games – Nagy's a winner, you know, whether it's Thanksgiving or Thursday night. Nagy's, uh, you know, well, if you want to include the Packer game, he's like five or six and one or four or five and one as the head coach of the Bears. But following those games, you know, if we want to count the Broncos, we're one and four or something like that coming off these 10 day breaks or, you know, so it's just uh, that's where this game kind of gets difficult to call because the. Panthers are, are you know proven capable they seem to be able to 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 get the uh, get things rolling on offense now Teddy Bridge Bridgewater uh, seems to have good control uh, of the offense and whatnot but um, you know it's it's going to be an interesting uh, football game or at least I think it will be and to truth to tell you the truth I hope it isn't I hope we come out and we stomp the hell out of them and we just kind of cruise uh, to a win and uh, we you know we go to five and one and get ready for uh, Get ready for the Rams on Monday night, um, which is actually that would be the best team that we played so far when we play the uh, Rams, the way that they're playing football uh, right now. So anyway, let's go ahead and dive into these uh, news and notes, and then we'll get to our keys to the game. Um, the Bears were in the news uh, this week as far as a, a big transaction taking place uh, in the NFL. Le'Veon Bell um cut by the jets um it's it's a mess over there in new york right now i mean it's amazing that gase still has a job uh with the jets uh right now and i, I mean i figure that he's probably next on the chopping block as far as getting tossed uh Le'Veon bell was uh was released and apparently the bears were early contenders in the Le'Veon bell sweepstakes kind of had mixed feelings about that i mean you know we Apparently, uh, you know, I, I did see Nagy's uh, press conference on, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday, saying that uh, we love our running back room, so I leave those decisions up to Ryan Pace, which is kind of code for I'm not pushing for it. You know, he's not looking to add Le'Veon Bell. And in, in a way, I completely understand. Uh, Le'Veon Bell did nothing in New York, which is kind of a loaded statement because the Jets suck and they pretty much always have. So, but he didn't have a hundred yard game in his 17 games with the, uh, the jets. He didn't have a single run over 20 yards. Uh, 
uh, in his time uh, with the Jets. So, you know, it, it just looks like, you know, and he's kind of creeping up there in, in age uh, as well. He missed all of 2018 holding out because he didn't want to get franchise tagged by the Steelers and, you know, held out and, you know, signed that big money deal with the Jets. Didn't do much in the way of production last season and this year has not gotten off to a good start, was banged up a little bit uh, as well. So the Jets are eating a bunch of cap space and are taking a cap hit uh, to get rid of him now and uh, basically looking like they're really getting ready to start over fresh next year because I think they have the inside track on the number one pick right now. Adam Gase will most definitely be gone next year, so they're going to have a new head coach, and the number one pick, which right now is far and away going to be Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback out of Clemson. So they're just trimming the fat so that they can start building around Trevor Lawrence for 2021 and beyond. So not really a surprise move. I think the timing of it was more of a surprise, but I guess maybe they were out there trying to deal him and nobody was interested, so they just set the hell with it and they cut him loose. So, But uh, in the end, he signed with the the Chiefs because it was like the Bears were, I think, in a in a in a pack of five that he was considering. Then it was dwindled down to three. It was the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Chiefs. Then you hear a little bit later in the day it was the the uh, the Dolphins and the Chiefs. And then uh, was watching the five o'clock Sports Center, uh, and it was it's the Chiefs. He signed with the uh, Kansas City uh, Chiefs. And ironically, or unironically, he's going to get a chance to play against the Jets I think week seven so like next week or the week after and the funny thing was the final three teams were all te- were like the Jets next three opponents so I don't know if he did that on purpose so he could get a bite at the Jets just to get back at him or if that was just a coincidence but um, uh, nonetheless I don't know what kind of discussions if any were held between the Bears and uh, Le'Veon Bell I'm, I'm not upset that we didn't get him uh, I don't really think that uh, – I mean, we can use all the help that we can get. I don't think that Le'Veon Bell is the answer because I think it was kind of like uh, the opposite of when we signed Jimmy Graham. It's like, boy, this would have been a great signing in 2014 uh, for the Bears uh, to get our to get Jimmy Graham. But here in 2020, who are we really getting? And I think that, you know, a lot of Bear fans who are on the uh, – on the on the on the on the fence or on the on on board with getting Le'Veon Bell I should say we're thinking of the 2017 version where he was you know far and away the best running back in in the league was the number one fantasy player out there and so on and and so forth and you know he held out all of 2018 was unproductive in 2019 and hurt and unproductive uh in 2020 you know, maybe a change of scenery and playing on a team that actually has a chance to do something uh, will will revitalize him and he will be that player. I don't think Chicago was the right fit because then Matt Nagy would have to be fielding questions like, you know, uh, Le'Veon Bell was liking tweets where it was saying he wasn't getting enough carries. What are your thoughts on that? Because that's what he was doing right before he got cut by the Jets. People were talking trash on Gase and his play calling and Le'Veon Bell was liking him. So, yeah. We don't want to deal with that. And, um, you know, like I said, we can use some help, uh, some extra bodies. I just don't think Le'Veon Bell uh, is the answer. Uh, speaking of our running game, Juan Castillo, our offensive line coach, 
uh, is in quarantine this week. He will not be traveling with the team on, uh, I think the Bears are leaving t- uh, Friday or Saturday to head down to Charlotte to play the uh, to play the Panthers. Um, Juan has not tested positive for COVID, but had close contact with somebody who did. So in 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 the efforts or in the in the vein of being as cautious as possible, he's been quarantined. He's at home, uh, being separated from the team. He's been leading his meetings, you know, via Zoom and and things like that. But he has not been at the facility, I think, since you know Tuesday or Wednesday um, when that uh, when the story came to light. So we'll uh, we'll see. I, I don't think he hasn't tested positive. But again, it was, it was more of a cautionary thing because he came in close contact with someone uh, who did. So just the Bears playing it, playing it safe, and uh, making sure that um, you know we don't have an outbreak uh, on the team. You know, especially after what happened with the Titans uh, last week, twenty-something players testing positive. You know, over the course of a week and a half, and and uh, uh, and whatnot. So don't want to have anything like that happening uh, in Chicago. So, um, Allen Robinson uh, in a SI.com article that I read says that he won't be responsible for any more interceptions. Right now, our quarterbacks are responsible for six or have been um, accounted for six interceptions, and Allen Robinson is directly responsible for half of them, for three. Those two uh, jump balls, the one he lost against the Giants, the one he lost against the Falcons, and then the uh, I'm going to reach back and kick the ball out of my own hands interception that he had against the Buccaneers last Thursday. Uh, he's responsible. He's He should have come down with all three of those passes, and yet each and every one of them uh, ended up in the hands of a defensive back going back the other way. Other way. So uh, he says that that won't happen uh, again, and uh, hopefully he's – He's a man of his word because I would really like to stop seeing that happen um, to us, to him, and to our quarterbacks being credited with interceptions that weren't their fault. So that would be nice uh, as well. And then finally, last bit of rumors. Speaking of the Jets, you know, with with the in the vein of the fact that the Jets are headed for the number one pick, and you know, basically starting over uh, fresh with a new head coach and possibly Trevor Lawrence and and whatnot. Uh, Sam Darnold becomes the new Josh Rosen. Because remember, he was a, their top pick, you know, 10th pick overall for the Cardinals in 2018 uh, with a brand new head coach. And, and Steve Wilkes was a disaster as their head coach. 2-14, and 14, his one and only year as the head coach of the team, the which earned the Cardinals the number one pick. And the, the Cardinals could not turn away Kyler Murray uh, as the number one pick, which means they selected a quarterback with their top pick for the second year in a row. Josh Rosen in 2018 or 2019 traded to the Dolphins and not after spending a year, you know, playing, not playing with the Dolphins last year, they drafted Tua. So they don't need him anymore. Now he's on the practice squad for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sam Darnold is kind of in that vein as well. And rumors of you know where Sam Darnold could go, especially if the Jets can trade him um, before the draft or whenever, and of course the Bears being listed as one of those locations uh, for him to possibly end up. I I'm not I don't want Sam Darnold. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Uh, if we could have gotten him in 2018, yeah, fantastic. That would have been 
that would have been great, you know, to to have him when he was uh, basically fresh out of the package uh, in 2018. But he spent the last three seasons getting his dick kicked in uh, with the Jets, and he's been regressing the whole time. Now maybe we could have some, uh, you know, Nagy and Laser and Di Filippo and all those guys could do some work on him and maybe get him headed in the right direction especially since our quarterback situation for 2021 and beyond is still up in the air um, with, you know, Nick Foles and obviously Trubisky is this is his last year uh, under contract and all that kind of stuff. I just kind of feel like after all that time, Darnold is broken and that, uh, you know, maybe somebody who's who has the resources to to build around him would be better suited for him. I don't think that it's us. Uh, I don't. So and then finally, in news and notes, we have our injury report, which is, for the most part, much to do about nothing because we had one, two, three, four guys on the injury list yesterday that were listed with the non-injury, basically the veteran day-off situation. Uh, Ted Ginn, Jimmy Graham, Akeem Hicks, Danny Trevathan all had the day off on Wednesday, all full participation today on Thursday. Um, Sherrick McManus was limited on Thursday full go today on or excuse me limited on wednesday full go today on thursday so it looks like we'll be getting him back uh, against the panthers uh brent urban who has been very helpful uh, on that defensive line he's been fantastic in his second year uh with the bears limited with a knee injury um but don't look like we're going to have any issues there alex bars was not on the injury report wednesday was full participation today but is now listed with a shoulder injury, and I'm hoping that's nothing serious. Uh, you know, maybe it happened at the end of practice or, or whatever. Keep an eye on that um, because I think he's going to be our starting left guard if he plays uh, on Sunday. And I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So for the most part, it's like, you know, five guys we don't have to worry about. Uh, Dion Bush with his hamstring injury is the only one that hasn't practiced yet uh, this week. So. Sherry McManus looks like he's getting off of the injury list and everybody else looks like they're uh, ready to go. So, um, so yeah, there you have it. That is the injury report. Those are the news and notes. Uh, we'll take a quick break to thank our sponsors once again, and then we will get to the keys to the game. <coughs> hey, guys, going to take a quick break from the show to give thanks to our sponsors. Bet Online. The wait is finally over, and a triple header of fun is upon us this week. Football is in full swing, with many teams strutting their stuff early. The NBA Finals are here, and the MLB playoffs are in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still get on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. The show is also brought to you by Manscaped. Listen up, fellas, because today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of both of those holes. It's time to keep your your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven pubes. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. 
The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Wow, there's a tongue twister. Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience, and it is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. The only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes of use. Have you ever pulled a nose hair out with your fingers? That might hurt worse than nicking your balls. That's no joke. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to, delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Yes, you will get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our pubes trimmed and our hairs and our holes looking nice. Now let's get back to the show. couple of things that make me nervous about this game i've talked about you know talked about them already uh in the previous uh segment but um you know number one it is us coming off of a mini buy and Nagy's record coming off of these buys mini or otherwise not good um not good at all uh we don't play well and um and whatnot and uh, number two we're playing against a resurgent team, a team that's playing with some confidence, has won three games uh, in a row, uh, is kind of defying expectations uh, at the moment. New quarterback, new head coach, um, you know, kind of a depleted roster as far as compared to Panther teams in the past and and what have you. No Cam Newton, so it was basically a team without leadership uh, coming into the year and and uh you know basically we're, we're looked upon as a one-trick pony and that one trick being uh and that pony being uh christian mccaffrey who's been out since week two when he uh injured his uh foot or ankle against the uh buccaneers in their 31 to 14 loss to them um still not going to be ready to come back and play the bears thank god but um you know nonetheless he's uh a big part of their offense and everything that they do but um, they seem to have been able to figure things out without him. Um, and it, it's uh, it's been a, a credit to their offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, uh, who is looked upon as one of the better offensive minds in football, period. And, um, you know, was the offensive coordinator for Joe Burrow in LSU and he threw for 6,000 touchdowns and, you know, national championship. Was the best quarterback on earth and the surefire number one uh, pick and now he's calling the plays and running the offense for the Panthers out there uh, in Carolina. So you know, auditioning himself to be uh, a head coach somewhere in the uh, in the near future. So you know, he was also in New Orleans, as you heard uh, Rashad say yesterday uh, during the interview that uh, you know Brady has already has ties and his familiarity with with Bridgewater and vice versa, which I guess is what made the decision easy for Bridgewater when it kind of looked like the Bears were going to sign him 
then he changed his mind and signed with uh, with Carolina, probably so that he had an offense that he already knew versus having to learn a new system uh, with Nagy and the Bears in COVID times. So probably the best decision for everybody involved in that situation. So, And then the other reason would be that um, we've only had uh, two road games thus far, week one and week three. And in both of those games, uh, those were the miracle games where we look like the look like a garbage football team for the first 45 minutes of the football game. And then in the final 15, we woke up and realized, oh, we're playing against an inferior team. So we're just going to go ahead and do what we need to do in order to win the game. And thankfully, the deficit wasn't so large that they couldn't come back from it. I don't think we can do that against this team. So that's what kind of has me worried is that in the first two road games that we've played this year, we have been horribly, notoriously bad in the first three quarters only to come back and, you know, have a miracle uh, in the fourth quarter. I, I think if we play that poorly against the Panthers, it's going to feed into that confidence that's already building and put ourselves in a hole that we would not be able to dig ourselves out of in the final 15 minutes of the game so you know the, we've been so schizophrenic this year that that's where the the hesitancy comes from that's where the you know just reluctance I guess to just come out and say we are the better team I believe that I honestly believe we are the better team especially with the way our defense played last week against um the Buccaneers uh with the way that Khalil Mack who wasn't on the injury list for the first time this season the way that he looked against Tampa Bay he played like he he looked like he was playing healthy for the first time in a long time like the knee wasn't bothering him uh anymore so he didn't have any limitations on himself and he was in Brady's face all night long and when he wasn't, he was the catalyst for the reason that other guys were. So, you know, have we turned a corner with Khalil Mack? Is he playing healthy for the first time uh, in a long time? Is he feeling good out there on the field? If it is, then that is a horse of a different color right there. That changes everything. Because when he was being double and triple teamed, Chuck Pagano said today that uh, Khalil Mack was beat up from head to toe last year that explains a lot everyone kind of had a thought that he might be banged up or hurt or something like that others thought that well he's just not able to fight through triple teams 60 plays a game because you know Akeem Hicks is hurt uh Eddie Goldman's more of a uh, run defender uh you know Bilal Nichols also was banged up at times last year and Leonard Floyd is useless uh in pass rushing uh, and everything so there were a lot of things working against Khalil last year, and now we hear that he was also banged up all throughout uh, last season. It explains a lot as to why he struggled as much as he did and still ended up with seven and a half, eight and a half uh, sacks uh, for us. And so, um, you know, he's he looked much, much better uh, against uh, the, the Buccaneers than he had in the first uh, four games uh, of the year. So it looked like that knee wasn't bothering him uh, anymore and that can play a huge factor in this game if he can get in Bridgewater's face if he can disrupt what they're trying to do uh, there that would be fantastic so 
And then there's also those moments where we have, the, you know, whether it's I don't know if it's uh, brain farts or if we're just getting beat up front because we don't have a big boy in the middle uh, like Eddie Goldman uh, right now, uh, you know, or what the situation is there. But the vulnerability that we've shown in the run against the guy like Mike Davis, who's probably going to have a little motivation coming into this one. You know, the Bears kind of gave up on him last year to salvage a draft pick but to tell you the truth we don't do that we have to pay a heavier price for Nick Foles because the pick that we got for Mike Davis the compensatory pick was the pick that we traded for Nick Foles so I mean I know that pick was actually a compensatory pick for losing Adrian Amos but if Mike Davis isn't cut we don't get that pick so However you want to interpret the, you know, this guy for that guy situation, getting rid of Mike Davis got us Nick Foles. And think about the situation we'd be in now if we hadn't. So, yeah. But, um, you know, we are streaky on offense. We've struggled to do anything in the run game the last couple of weeks against the two better run defenses that we're probably going to face uh this year maybe we can get something going i just heard today that kiwan short um is out for the season has to have uh, uh, surgery on that shoulder that was uh keeping him out and uh so he's done for the year so there's somebody the bears don't have to uh worry about but we also lost james daniels uh for the year so we're looking for either alex bars uh or uh, rashad coward to come in and fill that spot uh, in the guard uh, position, no announcement as to who that's going to be yet. Hopefully it is Alex Bars. I would really love to see him out there. Um, so hopefully that shoulder injury that was bothering him today or that caused him to be on the injury list today is nothing. It's more about the Bears being tedious with listing their injuries and things like that. But, um, uh, you know, it, it's... The, the, like I said, this team is, is so difficult to to put a finger on because the things that we do well, we do them well in spurts. You know, streaky is, is probably the best word to use to describe uh, this team. You know, so hot and cold uh, that we run. And, you know, like next week against the, the Rams, that's not going to be something that we can afford to do. And then the game after that with the the Saints, the game after that with the Titans is like we need to tighten this up before we uh, start running into teams that we that we will definitely not get away with doing these things uh, against. You know, we have to come out hot out of the gates. We have to be find our rhythm soon. We have to reestablish uh, our running game because weeks one, two and three, you know, we're running the football. We're playing on the other side of the line of scrimmage. Uh, uh, you know, Montgomery's getting four or five yards uh a clip it's like the last two weeks it was like watching uh you know jordan howard run the ball in 2018 where he's got 10 carries for 27 yards and he was lucky to have that much uh kind of thing he did that back-to-back weeks against the the colts and the buccaneers i think he had 29 against the the colts and then 27 the other last week against the uh the buccaneers so it's just uh it's not a sustainable situation to have to put it all uh, on on Nick Foles we have to be able to challenge teams uh, with the run so hopefully the offensive line can get itself going I guess that would be key number one is to get the running game uh, back up and uh, back up and running 
uh, for us so that we can, you know, have a more balanced offense for starters. We don't have to, you know, go to the old school West Coast system where we're uh, running the ball by pa- by sh- with short passing uh, and things like that. And, you know, getting the ball in David Montgomery's hands to, uh, you know, out in the flat as a way of running the football uh, kind of thing. I just want to be able to have us pin our ears back and on, f- you know, third and one, number one, this would be my other key. I love the way that Cordell Patterson runs the football. Why the hell we're giving him the football on third and one when we've got David Montgomery, who is really, really good at fighting and making the first guy miss as far as I've never seen the first guy take David Montgomery down. It's always needed. He's always somebody that's needed help. And yet on third and one, we got Patterson out there. Why? Because he's six two. I, I don't understand. I really don't. He's and, and it just always kind of feels like it's Nagy trying to be the smartest guy in the room, making him think that because you know Patterson is out there that maybe we'll we'll throw the ball or something like that. And then oh no, we're gonna run. And Patterson's not the heavy, he's not the running in traffic guy. That is definitely David Montgomery. So I don't care about this this rotation that we have with our running backs. Uh, I really think we need to straighten that out for starters to make sure that the right guy is on the field at the right time. You know, third and one for David Montgomery to be on the sidelines watching is nonsense. Put him in the backfield, give him the goddamn ball, and let him get that last three feet. You know, that's what we watched him do last year when we were struggling to run the football. Uh, You know, very seldom – did we see one guy take Montgomery down? It always took at least two or three. The first guy just slowed him down, but it took guys number two and three to actually stop him and get him to the ground. So the fact that we're handing it off to Cordero Patterson, who's definitely being taken down by the first guy, run on third and one, horrendous. So 1A would be to stop doing that. Keep feeding the ball to Montgomery. Let's get him... Have we even come close to 20 carries for Montgomery yet? I don't even think we're even I don't even think we've scratched the surface of the upper teens yet uh with Montgomery. I just don't think it's happened. So, I mean, I don't know how we expect to get a running game going if we just if we only run the ball like 14 times uh in a football game. We have to do better running the football. We have to do a better job of making the running game more of a presence in our offense and I think especially with the injury to Kiwan Short this might be the perfect situation in order to make that happen they don't have Luke Keekley back in there they don't they don't have the the second coming of Brian Urlacher playing middle linebacker form anymore this is a situation that we should be taking advantage of uh, on Sunday which would then open up a lot of things like the RPOs that Nick Foles, you know, ran so well in Philadelphia, and I'm sure that Nagy is dying for him to start running them uh, here in Chicago. The play-action game will be there uh, and everything else. So that's got to be it, you know. 1A is get the running game going. 1B is to make sure we got the right guys on the field to run the damn ball. And, you know, those kind of situations. I look at, at Cordell Patterson being more of a first-down back that you know getting some of those those sweeps going getting him out into open space because he is dangerous as we've seen as a kick returner get him out into open space that's the last thing you want is Cordell Patterson 
out there with nothing but green grass in front of him. Montgomery would be your second and third down back, and lately we've been doing it backwards. We got Montgomery out there on first down, and then on second and third down, Patterson is out there in short yardage situations. It makes no sense. We got to stop that. Got to stop it. So, and then the second thing on defense is we got to stop with the bend but don't breaks. We got to stop with the, uh, the the tackling. That is that is paramount, paramount. You know, you heard us talk about it on the on the on the show yesterday. That uh, the you know the tackling league wide has been horrendous uh, this year. I mean, you you can definitely blame COVID on that, and I, it's kind of been a thing that's been in you know the thorn in my shoe or the rock in my shoe uh, for over a decade now. Uh, ever since the 2011 CBA was signed, and it's like virtually no contact in practice these days, and you wonder why guys are getting hurt. You wonder why guys are you know. Uh, the stupid mistakes with lowering their helmets and all that kind of stuff. It's just because you you have football players not practicing football, you know, in practice. It doesn't make any sense to me. So I was like, I know we're trying to extend careers and keep guys uh, safe and everything, but I don't seem to remember a lot of practice injuries taking place when they were, when they had contact two, three times uh, a week uh, and everything you know what I remember is us having one of the more devastating defenses you can ever lay your eyes on year in and year out under lovey before that stuff took place so I don't know maybe it's just me but tackling has to be so much better uh, against these guys we have to we have to make the tackle uh, Roquan Smith played overall played a very good game uh, against the Buccaneers but twice was victimized when he could have had like a two three yard loss but uh, let the running back he came comes flying in out of control let the running back put a spin move on him and turn a three yard loss into I think one was like a 15 yard run the other one was like 11 or 12 so it's like a 15 yard swing on those plays you know it should have ended in the backfield at Brady's feet and instead it ends 15 20 yards uh, downfield we, we have to tackle better we have to be better with that and, and you heard me talking a minute ago about Montgomery being the guy to run in short yards because the first guy one guy has yet to bring David or Montgomery down by himself we got to be the one guy that brings anybody down you know you got to wrap on up um, Eddie Jackson has been terrible in some of his open field uh, tackling uh, this year he's fantastic in the box when he's you know run doing run blitzes and stuff like that but how many times have we seen a running back shake him out of his boots in the middle of the field you know he takes a poor angle or he comes in too hot and run and overruns it and things like that it's we got to improve on the tackling whether it's our tackling angles uh, or, or whatever the situation is we have to tackle a lot better because we're giving up yards we haven't given up in the past and it's allowing our opponents to extend drives keep the defense out there keep wearing them out and the more you keep the defense off the field the harder it's going to be for our offense to establish a rhythm of their own because you can't establish an offensive rhythm when you're on the sidelines drinking Gatorade and you know looking at clips and shit like that so it's just you you, you gotta gotta do a better job with tackling and you know tighten up to to get um to get our opponent off the field get the ball back in the hands uh, of our offense so 
And then the, the third key was, uh, you know, I guess would probably be more for me than the Bears themselves would be to, you know, we got to break this curse, um, you know, and I know it's probably something that's only in the mind of us as, uh, you know, Bear fans and, and, and whatnot, but it's it's hard to deny that it exists when it's it keeps coming true over and over again, you know, coming off the bye and, and losing the game, whether it be a mini bye or a regular bye, uh, and such just come out ready to play uh, on Sunday I know it's tough times when COVID and you know with the Bears having that positive test with the, the practice squad player uh, last week and now Juan Castillo is going to be missing the game because he had close contact with someone and everything the Bears are going to do whatever they can to you know whether it's adding buses or extra planes so they can spread everybody out to travel with that's what they're going to do and that can kind of add to the to the chaos and exhaustion of travel uh, and whatnot. We just need to come out and be ready to play uh, on Sunday because I, f- I got a feeling that if we let the Panthers in early, we won't be able to to get past those guys. There's just something about their way, the way that they're playing now. You know, they're starting to believe in themselves and, uh, uh, and everything. They've got a chance. They're tied for first place now, and they've got a really good chance this week to uh, – to be in first place by themselves. I don't know who the Saints are playing, but I know the Buccaneers have Green Bay on Sunday. So there's a very real chance the Bucs are going to be 3-3 three and three after this weekend. And uh, if they get a win over us, Carolina be 4-2, and two, at the very least a share of first place in the division with the Saints. So they could be standing all by themselves near the, uh, the midway mark of the season as a first-place team. So uh, these are one of those teams that, you, you know, we can't give them a lot of hope. We got to go out there and kind of stomp out that fire early and uh, just kind of keep our foot on the gas pedal for the entire 60 minutes. Stop being so streaky. Be more consistent and uh, hopefully consistently good <laughs> so that we can have uh, a win on Sunday. And it should be like coming into the season, this was the one I was kind of just blowing this one off. This was going to be a win uh, unless Christian McCaffrey was Superman and you know did it all by himself. We were going to be able to beat the Panthers but with the way that we're playing, with the way that they're playing, I don't trust it. It's the pick I'm making. I think the Bears can and will win uh, on Sunday. But um, if I was running my confidence game uh, like I did with the pick for all those years, this would be a game that would probably be somewhere in the, like, out of 15 games or whatever that's being played on Sunday. You know, 15 being the most confident, one being the least confident, would probably put like a three or a four on picking the Bears uh, to win the game on Sunday. But, uh, yeah, hopefully they prove me wrong and they'll come out and coast to a, you know, 30-13 to 13 win or something like that and, and get ready for Monday night against the Rams and, uh, you know, be another victory victory Monday and some fun knee-jerk reactions and, and what have you. So come back on Monday. To, uh, for the Bear Ups and Bear Downs, the most valuable Bear Award. Who will that be uh, this week? The reigning king right now is Khalil Mack after his performance against the Buccaneers. Will he still be wearing the crown with another performance against the Panthers? Or can we hand that off to somebody else? Come on back on Monday and find out. And uh, until then, my name is Larry D. And this has been the Bears Talk Underground.